Hi and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the student accounting show. The occasionally educational podcast to prove you're not alone in your exam journey, even when it feels like it. My name is Alan and I'm the head of education and content for Learn Signal. And again today I'm joined by Connor. Hi, I'm Connor. I work on the education team. And Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. I work on the marketing team. And in this week's podcast, we're going to take a slightly different view on things. Um, we reached out to a lot of our students um, in the last day or so and asked you all what works for you. So what are those study tips that work personally for you? Because I think we spend a lot of time and you guys get a lot of emails from us telling you, oh, do this, do that, watch a video, um, study for a while. So we did reach out to our students and we're going to talk about some of the things that they found or they find are successful for them. Um, Some of them are going to be obvious and you're not going to be surprised by, um, but some of them are quite interesting. So I think the obvious one, Connor, was the one where they talked about practicing papers. Yeah, I think the the big thing a lot of students said was to just get starting uh, to practice. I think sometimes when you're revising, you know, you think you need to get every little bit of theory done before you can even start questions. But that's not the case. If you if you leave the questions too long, you're not going to have enough time. So even if you feel you don't know everything, you need to just start into practicing questions. Yeah. And I think the part that was missing from practicing questions when students were emailing is only one student that I saw pointed out that it's practicing with the same amount of time as the exam mm. so it's great to practice a question and getting it perfect but if it's taking you twice as long as you would have an exam to answer it you're not really getting the benefits so i think it's not just practicing it's practicing with that pressurized stopwatch at your side and seeing how far you get yeah and another thing to add actually with students that fed back in was a lot of them said to do mock or some of the correction um, the corrected uh, questions, give yourself a bit of time. Don't just do it right before the exam because they really value the personalised feedback that they could then apply uh, going forward. So make sure that when you're doing them, give yourself a good bit of lead time before the exam. Well, it's good to get that feedback about how you're doing and how you feel yeah. you're doing and how you're progressing. Um, not particularly target you, Kate, but I'll ask you anyway. Um <laughs> There's a question about when to study and we had a few people saying, oh, they like to study early in the morning, maybe before they go to work. Some people study at night. What was your your way of studying? Were you a morning person or an evening person? I was more of an evening person um, just because I'm quite a night owl. So that's kind of the way I studied and I, I liked studying quite late into the night. Um, but when I was studying, I didn't have really online resources available to me. So I think I was kind of doing it quite manually and, um, I would get it, I would get up and get about my day and then I would start studying in the evening time, generally in the library. But looking at some of, I really enjoyed actually the looking at feedback from students today that had submitted it. Um, so thank you everyone for that because it was really interesting to see. But a lot of students had said that they, because of the online resources now, They might do a podcast in the morning and then they might watch a video in the morning on their way to commute. And then they might um, do a practice a question in the evening. So it's got a lot more flexible and on demand, um, which I wish I had when I was studying. Um, But I think the world's your oyster now, isn't it, with resources? Yeah, I think the the important thing is you're not everybody's working and everybody's busy. So it's very unlikely you're going to get lots of time you're always going to have three hours in the evening or three hours in the morning to play Mm -hmm. around with Um, but I do think if you look at the time that you do have 
and try and split it up. And that time that you do struggle. So I'm a morning person. So in the evening time, I'm pretty useless, to be honest. So maybe that's a time that I practice a question or listen to a podcast or do something that's a little bit less taxing. But if I wanted to read a book or learn something from notes or look at videos and really concentrating on them, I'd have to do that in the morning time. So I think it's kind of know yourself when you're at your strongest yeah. uh, and take advantage of that and do those things that are the hardest when you're at the strongest, at your strongest. What some people tend to do is they, kind of, they're all excited and they're all motivated and then they do their favourite thing. Well, it's easy to do your favourite thing when you're excited and motivated. It's not as easy, um, but you have to do those things and everybody will struggle with different parts whether it's the knowledge part whether it's the questions part yeah and i think that's important as well with the mock exams you know if you're studying for a few hours you don't want to plan to do a a whole mock exam after that i think if you really want to get the most out of that you should be you know whether you start in the morning or the evening but start that fresh and really do it as if you were going into the exam and then the feedback that you're going to get from that is going to be much more useful to you that's a lovely segue into mock exams from Connor. <laughs> so when we talk about mock exams, um, we all know how important it is. And some of the students said they are really important. Um, not as many as you would think said they're really important. And I think um, to an extent people underestimate the value of mock exams. And I, I still think there's a number of students who think when they do a mock exam, it's it's a version of the exam that we're expecting to get, that we've tried to second-guess the examiner and said, oh, no, do our mock exam. We think this will be question one, and we think this will be question two. Um, Connor, do you want to talk about like the importance of a mock exam yeah, and what, well, what benefits the students? Um, I, I think the main thing, and some people don't realise this, is that the main thing you're getting out of doing a mock exam is exam practice. And there's no students that we have that will will do it and will come out without learning something key that they're going to take into their exam, whether it's around timing, whether it's around, you know, structuring your answer or how to approach and read the paper or plan. So it's not just about the theory of the questions that come up in the mock exam. The main thing you're getting is a full go at practicing an exam paper and the skills you get from that are going to be invaluable to you on the day of the exam. Well, I think it's, uh, as I keep saying, and I think I've mentioned it before, I wouldn't like brain surgery from a doctor who's never done it before. And it it really is the same when you're doing an exam. And the HCCA have done a lot of research on this, and they've found a huge proportion of students is the first time they've actually sat down in a timed area to attempt an exam is the day that they took their exam, their official exam was on, which is absolutely extraordinary and I know it's something they struggle with trying to get to the bottom of. And I think that probably ties into our CBE point as well if, if you're not having a chance to look at the CBEs and practice CBEs before the exams you're going to be at a huge disadvantage. Yeah and they were other comments from students is, is to prepare for your exam not just sort of mock but it's also prepare especially for the CBEs to prepare in such a way that um, that you'll experience the same thing and we've talked to lots of students who do their practice their questions with pen and paper and then arrive in on the day and do the CBEs and it's just not the same mm. and they, they, if they could just like you just have to learn that you have to practice these things and where to put your columns and where to, how to write on the CBE tool there is important because every five minutes or every two minutes you're wasting in an exam trying to figure out, oh, how do you bold this or how do you underline this? It's two less minutes you're spending on content. Um, another thing was um, that came through a lot, and we get this question a lot from students in general, 
is how long to study every day and what is the length of time, what is the exact amount of time um, that they should study every day. Kate, how many hours do you would you study every day if you have to? <laughs> um, I guess it does depend on how close as well you are to the exam because I think naturally it will ramp up for people in terms of um, in terms of feeling that sense of it. You know, your exam date is coming, but I think that's why this uh, where we're at now. It's really important to be organised, and a lot of feedback that we had was putting together a study schedule. So if you put together a study schedule and you go, well, this on this day I have X on, you'll be able to be a lot more organised and realistic about your time. So I think if you approach each week knowing. And the time you can give it, you'll be a lot more effective as opposed to waking up and think, I'm just going to study today and not being realistic about the other, um, the other pieces you have on. So I guess like in everything in life, organization is key and having a study schedule is key. And I, and I think that's probably what is important as well about bootcamp, isn't it? Cause we really help to motivate people with, yeah. There's a, there's one of the students who wrote a, wrote a thing and it sounds like, it was me. It's me writing it. <laughs> and and they described it exactly how I would give advice. And everybody might say, oh, well, I'm waiting for my results. But the, the student made two points. One was start early. And the second one was do a small amount every day. So they say they do one and a half hours every day. But they do one and a half hours way out from the exam. But coming closer to the exam, they're still only doing one and a half hours in a day. Okay. And I think that's important because they've yeah. got into a routine. I think people see studying as, oh no, my exam's next week, I must do six hours, I must give this up. But if you can accept the fact that studying and exams is as much part of your everyday life as going to work or watching mm. your time, your favourite TV show or remembering to eat properly, mm. um, it'll be much easier because it just becomes part of your normal everyday yeah. routine. Not that, oh, I haven't studied for two weeks, I need to do 15 hours in a day to make up for it because it yeah. just doesn't work like that. Yeah. So the next, we're going through these pretty quickly and I hope everybody's getting some benefit from them. Um, and we've talked about making a plan and how much time to study. Um, and I think another person mentioned the boot camp and, and Kate just mentioned the boot camp as well. Um, Connor, you talk to us about the, the benefits of the boot camp and what it's actually trying to achieve for students. Yeah, I, well, I would have loved to have something like boot camp when I was doing it. I think p- part of it ties into what we were talking about on the last podcast with motivation. Um, you know, once you commit to it, it's really giving you a chance to cover a lot of the questions in the course in the 21 days when we provide questions. But I, I think one of the main things about it is it kind of makes the whole course less daunting and it can give you a bit of a plan on how to approach it and it lets you feel that you're chipping away with at it each day and you're covering different parts of the course and you're getting to practice at that. So I think that's the, the great thing about it is that it, it can motivate you because it feels makes the course feel more manageable, but it's also very effective. You're you know, by getting twenty one questions in uh, at a minimum with your study, that's that's helping. And then you can supplement that by revisiting topics that you're struggling with or areas that you don't know as well. So I think it, it's, we've said before, for anyone that's not taking advantage of that, that has it at their disposal, you're, it's a huge mistake. It really does help you prepare as well as you can for the exam. Yeah, I think it is invaluable. I think one of the things, and I do think it's a bit of um, our advice that either we're not communicating or people aren't, picking up on correctly but if you get a boot camp for day one and the question is on uh, deferred tax in your advanced tax paper 
um, it really is a good idea to spend 20 minutes revising a little bit, just reading through your notes, looking at a video on the fur tax, getting yourself familiar, but just kind of plucking a question out and trying to attempt it straight away is not the idea of boot camp. There is a little bit of building up knowledge. We'd expect you at this stage to have looked at the topic before, to have looked at the videos, to have a good idea. Um, But doing a little refresher, just getting you into a a frame of thought. Because if you're doing the exam, a tax exam tomorrow, you're thinking for the first few days, you're thinking like tax, you're thinking about tax, you know you're doing a tax exam. And you need to get yourself into a, a frame of mind um, before you start the question, because that's a similar way you get ready for the exam. We're kind of starting cold and go, I'm going to sit down right now and do this question without even knowing the topic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would be too beneficial. So do that little bit of, of study uh, before. Um, a few pieces of the last few pieces of advice aren't really. So you've heard to practice, practice and study when you can and all the usual things. And um, Strangely enough, a lot of our emails um, that go out to you guys quite regularly um, had similar advice to to what the the students seem to be working on. Um, But there were a few students who came back and I guess were talking about more um, emotional and feeling parts rather than... Mm -hmm. And and I think they're important. And we touched on some of them with the the Motivation podcast. Mm one was don't give up case mm. that's the because people get really like those students and we talked about them before and we always talk about them they get 48 or 49 in exam mm. or they fail three or four times or, or they've struggled they're struggling um the don't give up i think is an important piece of advice yeah yeah i think at the end of the day if you have your own personal goal about what you want to achieve and you're doing it for you and we kind of talked about that before um you're not thinking of it as an exam and as a chore and i have to do this i have to do to this it's it's about wanting to do to 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 get your acca wanting to pass wanting to achieve you know um wanting to achieve something either personally or you know in your career so it's always knowing what you know the end goal and why that's important to you and i think that that will that will ultimately keep you focused and keep you motivated but i think it's also so using resources that are available to you and being aware of that and being, you know, realistic about your time. So it's kind of some of the stuff that we talked about earlier. Bootcamp, we have really good feedback on it because it is something that guides you. And when something guides you and makes you feel like you can approach these tough areas, that will motivate you as well. I think webinar, the webinar week is good because when you log on to 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 your webinar you'll see students from all over the world submitting their questions and you'll kind of realize you're actually not alone in it um and there's people with the same uh challenges as you have and you know you all just want to to pass your exams together so i think it's really important to ask have your own personal goal and realize what that is and have that always at the you know the forefront of of what you're doing and why you're doing it but use the tools that are that are available to you because there is so much um so much that i know at learning signal that we provide and um and all all of them are there to to kind of help you and and help you achieve those goals Colin, it might be a good time because um, Kate did mention Webinar Week that's taking place next week. Maybe you could give those students who aren't too familiar with it a, a quick idea about what what um, resources they have access to. Yeah, so during Webinar, what we do is we run a separate webinar for each course where you've direct access to the uh, head tutor in that course. So 
you can register for these webinars and the head tutor will be presenting. They'll go through kind of the course materials, some tips to approaching the exam um, and just give you some general advice for how to approach that course uh, in advance of the sitting. And also one of the great features of it is you can ask questions in real time to the tutor and they'll address those questions. So it's a great chance to get some feedback on how to approach the exam and ask any questions you have to the tutor. Um, and I think, yeah, once again, just having that that tutor directly there is invaluable and it's, it really is a great way to find the best way to approach a course and prepare for the next sitting. Okay. I think the, the last piece of advice from a student, which we will give the last because I think it's the most valuable piece, was very simple. And when I looked at it, you kind of say, oh, it's really obvious, but we never say it, is to keep calm. And especially, we get so much feedback from students about, oh, I went into the exam, I read the first two questions, they weren't what I expected, I panicked, I didn't answer them, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what what approach to take. Just keep calm, because, to be honest, most people, when they read an exam paper for the first time, you're trying to read everything together and take in so much information. They always look harder than you think. But if you take take a breath, because not staying calm just doesn't let you think straight. You're, you're, you're not sitting back. You're not letting the knowledge the, and the hard work come through. All it is is you're saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. And if you tell your brain that enough times, your brain goes, fair enough, let's not do this then. And we'll stare at, it, stare at the exam paper for three hours. So I do think taking that deep breath, giving yourself some time, don't panic. Take a question by question, one at a time, one at a time, and not not to be worried about this and that and it wasn't exactly what you studied. Take it as a situation you're in now and, and make the best of it. But don't waste that time. Don't waste your exam fee, if nothing else. At least give it a shot and try and do the best you can. So I think through all your studies, but especially on exam day, um, keep yourself calm is probably the best piece of advice. Not always easy, I appreciate that, but it's something you should work on. And maybe some of these techniques that we've shared with you today from your fellow students will give you some kind of uh, guidance on how to prepare yourself for the exam. So we will see you next time. And it's bye from all of us. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.